Yes, Amen. Appreciate that good singing, and uh, I hope you meant as you sang that little chorus, um, open the eyes of my heart. And uh, so often we, we see things, but it doesn't register, and uh, we're in good company. Some of you saw this uh, crazy uh, show when it came out brand new. Uh, called I Dream of Genie. Others of us saw it only by rerun uh, or on TV land or uh, one of those type of channels. Uh, but you know, I Dream of Genie, this uh, lady comes out of a bottle, she's a genie. And can, uh, you know, she lives with this Air Force dude. Uh, and what happened, it's really the same episode, just a hundred different times because it's always the same. She, same thing happens, and then it works out at the end. But she has this rule that she's not supposed to let anybody know that she's a genie, and she's not supposed to do any of her voodoo, her, her magic, her, her, to use her powers. But in every episode, guess what? She does. And she tries to make it that people aren't aware so that, uh, you know, the fella is not aware that she's done it. But guess what? He always finds out. Uh, it's always evident uh, that Jeannie has been up uh, to something. Um, and the, where that comes into is it, we think that people don't see and yet, eventually, truth comes out, doesn't it? And with God, God sees everything, and God knows everything, and you can't hide anything from Him. We try, we all do. But nobody can do it. He knows everything. Even more, you know, I used to think growing up, Mom had eyes in the back of her head. Because she would be in a totally another room and she knew that me and my brother were up to no good. I don't know how she did it, because we were both pretty good. Uh, one of us better than the other, and the better one was me, of course. Uh, but we were pretty good, and, but she somehow, she, she, boys, and we weren't doing nothing, but we probably were. Uh, and somehow, Mom always knows, but God definitely always knows. And so this morning we talk about be, be careful, little eyes, what you see. What you see matters. And we're going to see that uh, this morning. We're going to pick up in Ch Mark chapter 8, and we're going to read verses 10 uh, through 26 uh, this morning. Verse 10 says, Immediately uh, they got into the boat with his disciples and came uh, to the region of Delmanutha. Then the Pharisees came out and began to dispute with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven, testing him. But he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Why does this generation seek a sign? Assuredly, I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. And he left them, and getting into the boat again, departed from the other side. 
Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread, and they did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. Then he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. They reasoned among themselves, uh, saying, It is because we have no bread. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, Why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the five thousand, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? They said to him, Twelve. Also, when I broke the seven for the four thousand, how many large baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said, Seven. And so he said to them, How is it that you do not understand? Then he came to Bethesda, and they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. He looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. And then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up. And he he was restored and saw everyone clearly. Then he sent him away to his house saying, neither go into the town nor tell anyone in the town. What kind of an odd uh, story we find uh, as Jesus uh, is continuing. Mark here is making a point as he began in chapter 7 as Jesus fed 5,000 and then uh, he fed 4,000. The disciples, you know, saw that he was walking on water and thought it was a ghost. Peter jumped out and walked on water for a second. They'd seen Jesus do all kinds of amazing things, but they saw, but they really didn't see. Because they weren't paying attention to it. They, they didn't get it. And so often, whether it's in reading our Bible or praying, or just going through life. We miss so much. We see it, but it doesn't connect. And we are left unaware. And so it doesn't do us a whole lot of good. Jesus... I'm sure got aggravated with his disciples. Here is why don't you understand, you knuckleheads? Why is your heart still hardened? Why don't you get it? And if we are honest, you know what? Doesn't God say that to us every once in a while? Aren't there times in all of our lives when God comes to us and says, Listen, buddy, why don't you get it? I've sent the message to you over and over and over again. And you don't get it. 
And so I think this episode, actually these two episodes that we're going to look at this morning, teach us the eyesight that we as God's people need to really have. So that God would help us to see as he sees. And that we would see his ways and that we would see what he's up to and we would see his invitation for us to join him in the work that God is doing. Because that's what Jesus was trying to do with these 12 knuckleheads that just didn't get it. So I think there's a few things that God wants to remind us. And the first is this. That we must come to grips with our blindness. You see, the reality is that every one of us is born blind. And the blindness that we have is not color blindness or sight blindness. It's spiritual blindness. And that's much more troublesome. And much more dangerous. We oftentimes will wonder why the Pharisees, who were religious people, why they caused Jesus so much trouble. Why they're ultimately going to be part of leading him to his death. How can that possibly be? Well, the answer is they were blind. They didn't get it. They were blind to the things of God. But they didn't realize it. And the most dangerous blind people are those that don't recognize that they're blind. So often we'll, just like Jesus did with his 12, and he does to us, why don't you get it? There may be people that are lost as a goose. And we witness to them and we love on them and we... We wonder and we ask God sometimes, well, God, why don't they get it? And the answer is because they're blind. They can't see. And the reason why our world thinks and says, where's God when all this mess is happening in this world's very dark? And a lot of times it seems like it's getting darker. And yet we know that as long as God is in this world and God's people are in this world and God's spirit is moving and working, there never will be complete darkness. And we know because we have the end of the book that light ultimately wins. But in order for us to understand, we have to understand and realize the light does not come from us. And there's nothing we really can do in our own power and in our own strength to make us see the things of God. The reality is lost people can only act like lost people. But friends, the converse of that I think is also true. Saved people should act like saved people. And not that we're perfect, because this side of heaven we won't be. But we should be different, and we should be changed 
and we should be in the process of continuing to be changed. Because that process of change or sanctification is a lifelong process. But it cannot begin until we recognize that we're blind. And there's nothing we can do about it. These religious leaders came to Jesus. Jesus got in the boat after he fed these folks. He got into the boat he, after he healed the, the, blind, the deaf and mute man. He got into the boat, went back to the other side of the lake. And so here comes the Pharisees, these religious holier-than-thou, goody-two-shoes folks. And they say, show us a sign. In other words, show us, prove to us that you really are God and will believe. Well, Jesus knew their heart and knew the reality that no matter what Jesus did, they weren't going to change their mind. So he said, you know what? This generation keeps asking for a sign, but they're not going to get one. But here's the thing, it's not because God wasn't giving them a sign. Jesus was the sign. The prophets, who the Pharisees knew very well, had said the Messiah was going to come, and that he was going to be born of a virgin. And that he was going to be born in a little town called Bethlehem. And that he was going to grow up in a poor family. And all those things we find in Jesus. In fact, hundreds of Old Testament prophecies are, have already been fulfilled in the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And hundreds more will be fulfilled when Jesus comes back again. Jesus was the sign. They saw, and the reality is, they knew Jesus had raised dead people. You stand up if you've ever raised somebody from the dead. That's exactly what I thought. Those of you online, nobody stood up. They knew Jesus had done that. They knew Jesus had forgiven sin. He knew that he had healed people who were deaf and blind and that he had cast out dead. They knew that. And yet they didn't see it because they were not willing to see it. So they came to test him, to try to trap him. Jesus knew their intent and he was not going to play their game. Jesus, you remember in the parable of Lazarus in uh, Luke chapter 16 said, uh, you know, he talked about Lazarus and this, this uh, rich man. And the rich man ends up going to hell for not believing in God. And the poor man it, it sends, goes to heaven because he had put his faith in God. And you remember the rich man cried out and said, Lord, please send somebody to my loved ones, and tell them that they have the prophets. If they won't hear them, they're not going to listen to anybody else either. 
And the reality is, left to our own devices, we are blind. And until we come to grips with our blindness, we can never see what God wants us to see. But here's the thing. God does love us. And God is working. God invites us to join him in what he's doing in our world. But the only way we can see that is when we encounter Jesus. So that's the second point. Only an encounter with Jesus can help us to see. Only when we allow Jesus to come in and we're seeking after him. Jesus said in Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount, Knock and it will be opened. Seek and you'll find. Ask and it will be given to you. Who can do it? Only God can do that. And here's the thing, when we understand that only God can help us to see. We're blind, there's nothing we can do to change that. But there is someone who can do something about that. We meet the 12 disciples here again, they did not get it. They had a loaf of bread, Jesus says, why are you arguing about and fussing? Because he said, didn't I just feed 5,000 people? And when I fed those 5,000 people, how many basketful of leftovers did you gather up? And they said 12. And when I fed 4,000 people, how many basketfuls did you pack up? Seven. And Jesus said, how do you knuckleheads not get it? Jesus can meet our every need. And he calls us to join him in the work that he is doing in this world. And so at John 6, 44, Jesus says this. He said, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. Jesus said, nobody can come to God unless God draws him. Why? Because every human being besides Jesus has this disease called spiritual blindness. That's caused by sin. And they cannot see the things of God until they encounter God. But Jesus says, hey, listen, if you come, I'll receive you. You knock, I'll open the door for you. He didn't say if you knock at the right time of day. He didn't say knock and have the right clothes on. He didn't say knock and speak the right language. He said, if you knock, I'll open the door. And if you're looking for me, you'll find me. The problem is, left to our own devices, we're not looking for God. We are blinded by sin 
and the evil of this world. And yet God is drawing us because he loves us. And so he, as we, he sends people across our path. Regardless of when it was that you came to Christ or how it was that you came to Christ, if you're here today and you've come to Christ, God used several things to bring you to that point in your life. He brought circumstances. He brought other people. A a church member that God said, he said, well, if you're going to date my daughter... You're going to come to church. Now, he didn't care much about God, but he did care about this little girl. So he said, okay. And they came to church, and, and that was their first date, and they sat, you know, in the back row, sat right beside each other. And do you know what that rascally Holy Spirit did? He got a hold of that young man's heart. And that young man got saved. Would he have gotten saved if he hadn't been interested in the girl and the dad said, if you're going to date my daughter, you're going to come to church? Maybe, maybe not. But God used circumstances. And he uses other people. And those other people might include you. I tell you that God wants it to include you. God will use you and your words and your kindness and your love to draw other people to the Father. It might be using the language of the Apostle Paul. It might be that you're planting gospel seeds in somebody's life. It might be that God uses you to water those seeds. Or it might be that God uses you to pluck those seeds. Because it sprouted into fruit. We all know what happened. You know, we're getting springtime and some of you have planted gardens. Maybe you've planted tomatoes. You know what? Those tomatoes, they start out really small. And they grow and they turn red eventually. If you water them and give them sunlight and love, unless he doesn't get near them. But if somebody's not there to pick those tomatoes and it just hangs out on that vine guess what happens to it it dies it rots and it's not any good Paul says and they said you know what some plant some water some weed and some harvest but no matter what part anybody has in that it's God that gives the increase. But here's the thing. God wants to use us to accomplish His will for this world. And remember what His will is. First Peter tells us, God is not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. That doesn't mean that God's just going to declare everybody saved. It means that God loves everyone and offers everyone an opportunity to accept Jesus. And if they will, God will save them. 
No matter what their past is, no matter what excuses they have for not, and no matter what bad they've done, God will save them and make them new. And that's the wonderful, marvelous thing about God's grace. Way back in Isaiah 42, there's a little foreshadowing of what Jesus is going to do here for this blind man. He's going to say, hear you deaf. And look, you blind, that you may see. And Isaiah wasn't talking about people that were physically deaf and physically blind. He was talking about people that were spiritually deaf and spiritually blind. But Jesus can heal physically and he can heal spiritually. As we've been reminded over and over again uh, in the Gospel of Mark already in these eight chapters. Only encountering Jesus can conquer our blindness. Only by Jesus touching and being with these 12 knuckleheads, they eventually all did get it. Some too late, and some almost too late. But they did all eventually understand who Jesus was and why he came. And 11 of those original 12 went on to be early leaders among the the first century church. They eventually would hear, and they would eventually see what God was doing. But they had to have an encounter with Jesus first. And folks, people, you know, we spend billions and billions and billions of dollars every year, you know, on gym memberships, on vitamins, on pills, on medicines, things to try to make us better. We spend billions of dollars on self-help books and go into various conferences to help us get better. And the reality is, you know what? The only thing that can make us better and bring true meaning to our life is not more stuff, not more money, not a better financial plan, but Jesus. Jesus is the only thing that can make us whole. He's the only thing that can restore our sight. And so we find these 12 disciples that didn't see. And then we meet this man in Bethsaida that was physically blind. And his friends and family brought him to Jesus and begged Jesus to do something about their loved one. And guess what Jesus did? And that brings us to the last point this morning, that only a touch from Jesus can help us to see clearly. We can begin to understand the things of God when we meet Jesus and we encounter him, when we're searching. He says, knock and you'll find. The door will be open. Seek and you'll find. Ask and it will be given. And so, in this last illustration that Jesus gives, this man could see, he said, Can you see anything? He said, yeah, I see what looks like men who are trees. In other words, he saw poles. 
but couldn't tell what it was. And Jesus touched him again. And he saw clearly. Think a reminder to us that when Jesus begins to help us to see, it takes time for us to see clearly. And the only way we can see clearly is by being touched by Jesus. And to be touched by Jesus, what does that mean? It means you've got to be close. I see Barbara sitting right here in the front row. But you know what? I've reached out. And I can say, go, go, gadget arm. I can't touch her. I see her, but I'm not. I can't touch her. Now, I see all of you. But you know what? When I get closer to you, I can touch you. Now, Jesus does not physically reach out and touch us. But he does spiritually. And here's the thing. The closer that you get to Jesus, the clearer you see. That's why it's so amazing that as you're growing as a disciple, you read. A group of of fellows that I have uh, spent the last year studying the Gospel of John. We're going to meet this next week for the last time. Uh, We're on chapter 20. Which is the end. I've read the Gospel of John. These fellows have all read the Gospel of John before. But you know what? Every single time we've met. You know what somebody has said? I've never seen this before. Why? It's been there. It's not like when we're asleep, God goes, gets our book and rewrites it, puts new stuff in there. It's that we haven't seen it before. Because we've not been looking. Maybe it's because we've not been as close to Jesus as we are. Hopefully that's true. Because every day we walk with Jesus, we should be getting closer and closer to Him. I I know George and Kay celebrate their anniversary later this month. More than 50 years. They've known each other a long, long, long time. And you know what? Today, they know each other so well, they can finish each other's sentences. And in fact, they know what the other is thinking without even saying a word. That did not happen when they were 16-year-old sweethearts back in Missouri. The only thing... Miss Case, oh, that George Allen, Mm-mm-mm, what a hunk. And she doodled on her paper, George Allen Kimbrough, and a little heart, and then K. She probably put KK and J. Uh, yeah, <laughs> in her notebook. She knew him. But I think if we were to ask her, I hadn't asked her beforehand, but I feel 100% certain. If we were to ask her this morning after church, do you know George better today than you did when you first met him? She would say, yeah, absolutely. 
And you see, our relationship with Jesus is supposed to be the same way. The more we walk with him, the more we know him, the more we love him, the more that we begin to look like him, the more clearly we see. When Jesus has touched our life, we see clearly. Peter just about messed it all up and wrote himself out of God's plan. But you know what? God wasn't done with Peter yet. He denied knowing Jesus three times. And yet the end of John is Jesus finds Peter and asks Peter, do you love me? Three times. And through that, Peter is restored. He's been touched. He, he's been forgiven. And so you know what Peter does? He said, Lord, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to be sold out. And God uses Peter to preach one of the greatest sermons on the day of Pentecost the world has probably ever heard. And thousands of people come to know the Lord. God uses Peter to take the gospel to the Gentiles. To remind the church that it's not just for the frozen chosen that Jesus came. It's for everyone. It's for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But we can only see that when we've been touched by Jesus. And here's the thing. When Jesus has touched us and he wants to give us clear sight, he wants to use us, and the more we walk with him, the more we serve him, the more we spend time with him, the more we come to know him. And the more we come to look like him. So that when we get to heaven, it's no big deal. And they don't have to wonder, hey, does this guy, does this lady belong here? Because they can see Jesus. Say, yep, that one looks like Jesus to me. Let her in. Let him in. And so, friends, our prayer must be every day, God, open the eyes of my heart. I want to see Jesus. Satan in this world will want you to see the evil in this world. They will see your faults and your failures and what you can't do. But Jesus wants you to see who you are in him and what he can accomplish through you. Because you're not what you used to be if you're in Jesus. You are a new creation. Let's pray together. Lord, help us to see. Lord, if there's one here today that doesn't have spiritual sight, God, might you help them to accept the mighty gift of Jesus today. Lord, maybe there's one here today that, you know what, their spiritual sight, they're saved and they can see, but you know what, it's like wooden trees moving around. Lord, may our prayer be that you would help us to see clearly. 
God, help us to see as you see. Help us to love as you love. Help us to serve as you serve. And forgive us when we fail to do that. God, help us to remember that we've got to be near you if we're going to serve you and if we're going to look like you. Lord, we confess that we don't get it oftentimes. But Lord, our desire is to be so close to you that we hear your voice and that you would teach us and mold us and use us for your perfect plan for our life and the world. Help us, we pray. Let's stand together. We're going to sing this old song, Just As I Am, this morning. There's a decision you need to make today. Right now is the time to make that decision. Let's sing together.